You are listening to the official podcast for ICGC Calvary Temple, Teen Chapel. Be blessed as you listen to life-changing messages by seasoned men and women of God. Begin to thank Henderson. Rekanda saya la kando sata. Rekanese leko sataya. Rekanda saya kandesenta. Lairi bos santa sekandari miasaya. Reko satine panda saya. Rekanese telipia sandes. Lairi bos sanda faya. Raima sandesete. Reko satane masandesa. Rayamba sandesete miasandes. Give thanks unto the Lord. Give thanks to Him. Open your mouth and pray. Upon the sea and the sun, they said, Rimiasa, Laya Posata, Likanda Saya, Lekanda Se, Liko Satea, Laya Banda Sun, Likando Sata, Rayko Satin, Banda Sataya, Rayko Satin, Yasan, there's Lakanda Sa, Laya Pandas.
blood if you know you are a child of God and if you are reading your word and if you are growing in the word I will meet you there I will meet you there no teen chapel member shall not be found there I said I will meet you there meet me there in the new Jerusalem come on give the Lord a clap of praise and shout unto him with a shout of triumph hallelujah hallelujah please take your seats in this season we are talking about demons but the focus is not on demons the focus is on God almighty and all that he has done for us I pray that our eyes will be open to see what the great and awesome God that we serve. That is my prayer for all of us. That at the end of this service, we'll grow in our understanding on the bigness of God. And we'll give him the worship that is due him. We started talking about demonology. We started to introduce this subject um, a few weeks ago. And last week we said that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the, form, the earth was without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. The monitors are, the monitors are a little too loud. And darkness was on the face of the deep. Now, it's interesting to know that the God that we serve, the God that we know of, the God that we know of in the Bible, he's an excellent God. And everything that he does is excellent. Everything that he does is very good. It cannot be questioned. In fact, it's interesting that these verses are found in the very first verses in the Bible. And unfortunately, because of improper understanding of the beginnings of the Bible, some people are confused about the entire Bible. How can the God of excellence, who does everything in excellence, create a heaven and an, an earth, and the earth will be without form, and it will be void, and darkness will be over the face of the earth? That cannot be God. So to understand the creation story properly, it's important to look at these verses very closely. In fact, the original word that is used for the earth was without form and void. It's not does not imply that when God created the earth, the earth didn't have any form. The earth was full of darkness. That cannot be of God. The word, the real word used implies that. The earth became void. The earth became full of darkness. The earth became without form. And the big question that we shall be exploring today and next week is what happened to the excellent thing that God created? Why did the earth become void? Why did the earth become formless? Why was there darkness on the earth? These are some of the questions that we'll be attempting to address to this week and then next week. 
We know that all things that God created are perfect. God creates everything in perfection. In Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 4, the Bible says, He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways are justice, a God of truth and without injustice. Righteous and upright is he. That is the God that we have come to know in the Bible. In Isaiah chapter 45 and verse 18, scripture says, For thus says the Lord, who created the heavens, who is God, who formed the earth and made it, who has established it, who did not create it in vain. The earth was not created without purpose. God did not just create the world for the fun of creating something. He did not create it in vain. There was a reason why God created the earth. He formed it to be inhabited. God created the earth to be inhabited, to be filled with beings. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there's no other. If God created the earth for the earth to be inhabited, and Genesis 1 tells us that the earth became void and full of darkness, it means that something must have happened. When God created his earth, I postulate to you that there were beings that God created and were inhabiting the earth. We discover this more from scripture. For now, it's an assumption. And then something happened and then the earth became without form and full of darkness. We are going to explore what is that thing that happened? And is it true that there were some beings that were living on the earth before? Let me create some chaos in your minds and then we'll try to answer them from the scripture. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11. He has made everything beautiful in his time. Also he has put eternity in the hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from the beginning. What God created from the beginning can be confusing. The preacher of wisdom says he has put eternity in the hearts of men. In other words, to be able to understand the beginning of beginnings, you need to see from God's perspective what eternity is. You cannot use science to understand what happened for the very beginning. It only comes by revelation, revelation from the Holy Spirit himself. And I pray that God will enlighten us, that he will give us understanding to the scriptures. Except that no one can find out the work of God. The work that he does from the beginning to the end. To be able to understand the works of God, God needs to open our minds to understand, 
to enlighten our hearts in the spirit of eternity to understand what he, God, does. Now, we we'll attempt to look at certain scriptures that could indicate some of the things that happened from the very beginning. We all are familiar with this scripture, or at least we have heard about it somehow or the other. Isaiah 14, verse 12. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. How many of you haven't heard this scripture before? I'm sure everybody's familiar with it somehow, aren't we? You've heard about the fact that Satan, who was Lucifer then, fell. He was a bright and morning star, and he fell to the ground. But have you ever looked at the second part of this scripture? You who weakened the nations. Which nations was Isaiah talking about? At the time that Lucifer fell, which nations, man was not created, which nations was Isaiah talking about? There were nations that existed before Lucifer fell from heaven. And scripture says he weakened the nations. He had an influence on these nations. Ezekiel 28, from verse 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre, and say to him, Thus says the Lord God, You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom, and perfect in beauty. You were in Aden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. Who is Ezekiel talking about? Is he talking about the king of Tyre? Like we have the president Anakufuado of Ghana, obviously not. Because if you look at the scripture very carefully, he says that he was the seal of perfection, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. You were in Aden, the garden of God, and every precious stone was your covering. These are scriptures that are used to describe Lucifer. So it could not be the king of Tyre. The sardius, topaz, and diamond, beryl, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold, the workmanship of your timbrels and your pipes was prepared for you on the day that you were created. These are scriptures describing Satan. Let's call him Lucifer for now. He was such a being of beauty. All the precious stones you can think about, he was adorned with them. And the Bible says the workmanship of your timbrels and pipes were prepared for you on the day that you were created. Let me jump ahead of myself. But Lucifer... One of the, was one of the special angels that God created. 
He was created in such beauty. Every precious thing you can think about, he was adorned with it. And he was the archangel that was responsible for worship in heaven. The Bible says, your timbres and your pipes, all your musical instruments, all the things that create music were, were planted in you the day that you were created. If you want to understand worship, you can study Lucifer before the fall. And he still has those abilities. No wonder if you look at the world today, people who are under the influence of the devil, for he's now the devil, he's no more Lucifer. He had the name Lucifer before, but he's not the devil, Satan. If you, if, you, if you listen to worldly music, music that is controlled by the God of this earth, the devil, it's so appealing and appears to be excellent to the point that sometimes we Christians who don't understand the spiritual realm, we get caught up with the excellence of secular music. I know I'm talking to people this morning and some of you are so hooked to certain secular musicians. True or false? Some of you are addicted to them. Some of you even listen to some of their music this morning before coming to church. I know because it's a bondage and we shall deal with these bondages at the appropriate time. You, you have no control because you are under affliction of demons. I remember as a young Christian when I didn't know I hardly knew anything. In those days, um, there was a kind of music that was referred to as underground music. And we never thought, why underground music? If you talk of underground, what comes to your mind? <laughs> of, obviously, the kingdom of the underworld, under the control of the devil. Artists have signed their souls to the devil and the devil gave them underground music. Those were the days of artists like Jimmy Henry, still one of the best guitar, lead guitarists ever produced by, 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 uh, by, by the earth. This guy can play the lead guitar and wow. The workmanship of your timbrels and your pies was prepared for you on the day that you were created. Somehow God took my mind to, under, to underground music at that tender age. And he began to show me without anybody teaching me, without anybody preaching, anybody talking to me like I'm talking to you this morning. And he began to open my mind to understand where underground music comes from. That was my deliverance. And that was the, my break from those type of music. 
in our generation, I will not digress, but in our generation, we have the modern versions of underground music. If you have time later, we'll, we'll go into some of these details. Some of you must be careful with the kind of genders that you follow, especially the, the secular ones. Go and ask God to open your mind to understand what I am saying. Because I know some of you, you are listening to me and you are rejecting everything I'm saying. No, no, I for Shatara Wale, I can't stop listening to Shatara Wale. What do you mean? All right, you go ahead. Let me not digress. You were holy on the mountain of God. Lucifer was a holy angel. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in all your ways from the day that you were created until iniquity was found in you. Listen, church. God has anointed you and gifted you with all kinds of abilities. You can sing, you can smile, you can draw, you can do all kinds of things, and you are being caught up in the gifts and talents that you have. We've been telling you to read your Bible to understand the mind of God, and some of us just don't read. If you are not careful, what will happen to you will be like what happened to Lucifer. When you are highly gifted, highly talented, and you don't learn to see the place of God in your life, to be submissive to God, to bring your giftings and your talents to God to use for his glory. But you pride in what you have, who you are, and what you can do before you realize iniquity will be found in you. Sin will be found in you. And that sin will draw you away from God. And as the sin draws you away from God and you don't come back to Jesus to wash you in the blood, you go further and further and further and before you realized. This one, I'll say, Tofiakwa. You will lose your salvation. God will not mean anything to you anymore. You rebel against God just like Lucifer did. The one who was created perfect in all his ways until iniquity was found in him. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence. There was business. Lucifer was doing business. Businessmen, and those of us who are working, and those who shall all be working. When you become a manager, you become a senior supervisor, and you, you start growing wings because now people are looking up to you, people are cotoing to you, good morning, sir, good morning, madam. You are doing your business. Money is coming. If you allow these things to take over your heart, the abundance of your trading you became filled with violence by the abundance. You become lawless. You, you become rebellious. You become wicked. You now begin to bring people under in order that you make more money. By the abundance of your 
trading, you became filled with violence, and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God. And I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the firing stones. We will soon be talking about cherubs and you understand what you mean. Lucifer had a special position in heaven. He was a special angel, highly talented, highly gifted, created by God, so special, above other angels. And that got into his head. And the Bible says, God cast him out from the mountain of God. I pray that none of us will be cast out of the church. We don't hear teachings like this. But do you know that Paul, when he looks at at some people's behavior, he said, throw them out of the church. Hand them over to the devil and let the devil torment them. I don't want to digress, but be careful. Let us desire to seek after God. Let us desire to continually deal with our sins by the blood of Jesus Christ. Let us be washed continually. Let us read the Bible. Let us know what the Bible says. Let us obey the Bible. Let us act on the Bible. Let us please Jesus Christ. Let us talk to our friends about Jesus. Let us be kingdom-minded. Let us think about the things of the kingdom. Life is not just about BEC and WASI. In fact, before long, you realize that BEC certificate and WASI certificate, they are nothing. I'm not saying you shouldn't learn, no. I expect everybody in Teen Chapel to learn so hard and aim at getting, ten, is it 10 ones or 9 ones now? I don't know which is which. Go for 8 A ones. That must be your aim. Aim for a first class. If you miss it, you get a second class upper. Don't be lazy. Learn hard. Steady. But in doing these things, don't forget your God. Don't tell yourself, after BC, I'll serve God. After WASI, I'll serve God. After my first class, I'll serve God. If you continue along that uh, uh, trajectory, you, you, after you get your first class, you marry, you have your first child, you have your second child, and so when they grow old, I'll serve God. Before you realize you are carrying walking stickers, oh, when I know that I'm very close to the grave, I'll serve God. You will die in your sins and your wickedness. Now is the time to serve the Lord. Serve the Lord. Remember him in the days of your youth. Don't become proud like Lucifer. Look, chase after money. God says that I give you power to make wealth. But as you chase after money, as you chase after business, chase after God, chase after souls. Don't be a one-sided human being. Your heart was filled, lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings. Which kings? Which kings was the, the, the spirit of God talking about? That they might gaze at you. You defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your tradings. You see, 
This is sometimes difficult to understand, but at the end of the service, we'll talk a little bit about this. Lucifer, from the scripture we are reading, he had a sanctuary. You see, there are thrones, and there are thrones. Let me summarize briefly for you. Apart from the throne of God, there are other thrones, and we'll come to that, I hope, before the, the service is over. Lucifer had his sanctuary, and he defiled the sanctuary. You are an intercessor. God has gifted you grace to pray and to intercede. And you defiled your prayers. You start messing around with the boys and girls. And then you come and say, oh, God has grace. You come and stand in front of all of us. You even go to your bed where even nobody's looking at you. You are praying. Who are you deceiving? God has anointed you with such, such, such a voice. When you stand to sing, Charlie, we are, we are all blessed. You stand and wonder, oh God, God has been unfair to some of us. Why didn't he give us a voice like that? And because of that voice, you defile yourself and you defile the gift that God has given you. You can teach and preach like myself or like Uncle Nicholas. And because you can stand before people and say anything, and nobody's asking you questions. So you get up and say whatever you like, and you defy yourself. Your, your life, your personal life is a wreck. You defile the sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your trading. Therefore, I brought fire from your midst. It devoured you. Watch this very closely. The Bible says that Lucifer went in and out of the fiery stones. In other words, try and imagine it. You cannot understand it with your mind. But spiritually, he was surrounded by fire. He lived in fire. He moved in fire. And the Bible says, I brought fire from within your midst and it devoured you. That same anointed voice would destroy you if you harbor iniquity in your heart. That same grace for intercession will destroy you if you defile your life. The very thing that you boast in, your beauty will bring you down if you defile yourself. And I turn you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all who saw you. God made a public display of the destruction of Lucifer. All who knew you among the peoples were astonished at you. You became a horror and shall be no more forever. I don't want to talk too much about these verses. But there were people who looked up to Lucifer. There were people who respected him and lifted him high because of the position that God has given him. And God brought him down in the presence of all those people. And man, these are not angels. If they were angels, God would have said angels. They are not angels. And God said, he shall be no more forever. What kind of English is that? You will be no more forever. In other words, there's no turning point. Listen, 
if you miss the new Jerusalem, there's no more turning point for you. Your end is in the lake of fire forever and forever and forever and forever. Don't get there. This is the time to change your mind and repent and change, amend your ways and allow God to make you all that he wants you to be and to use you for his own glory. Now, I want to talk a little bit about um, angels because I started talking about the fall of Lucifer. Lucifer was among the angels. And then next week, we'll go further to understand the kind of things which happened before the earth became void and was full of darkness and without any fall. God is the one who created angels. He didn't create all of them the same. Lucifer was in a class of his own. Um, it doesn't say from scripture, but I dare say that maybe Lucifer was even the highest angel that was created. That is Bijou. I mean, it's not scripture. But if you look at some of the words that are used to describe Jesus, some of those words are only used to, uh, sorry, to describe Lucifer. Some of those words are only used to describe Jesus. Some of them. No angel is even described the way Lucifer is described before he fell. There are five levels of angels or five angelic divisions. The first type of angels are what we refer to as the seraphims. Seraphims declare the glory of of God. In fact, they cannot, they cannot look at his glory. I wish I could digress and talk a little bit about the glory. But I will not be tempted to. The next time you are talking about the glory of God, or you are praying about the glory of God, or you are singing about the glory of God, stop and think. The Israelites told Moses that they also wanted to see God. So God asked them to, to tell Moses to tell them to prepare themselves for three days, sanctify themselves, and then come and meet him at the base of the mountain. And when God showed a little bit of his glory, the people said, it's enough. You don't want to see anymore. You, you Moses, go. Go and talk to God. Whatever he tells you, come and tell us. When we ask for the glory of God, we don't really understand what we are talking about. And God says, my glory I share with no one. When Moses came down from the mountain, he, the glory of God that he had experienced when he was in God's presence was around him. He did not even know. But the Bible says, he glowed before the people. Even the angels cannot stand the glory of God. They are not God. But they declare the glory. Why do they declare the glory? Because they see a certain aspect of his glory. And as they see, they declare. 
Church, listen. Many of us, the reason why we cannot praise God or dance or sing when we come to church or when we are in our homes. Yes, I was talking to the choristers. Choristers who don't praise God in their homes. What kind of ministry is that? Intercessors who don't pray in the house. Preachers who don't read their Bible and don't study their Bible. What are you doing? You, 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 you are just going through some routines. You become like a church goer. You do things that the church people are doing without understanding it. May God give us understanding. When you stay in his presence, his glory wraps off you. When you talk to him, you begin to hear his language and begin to understand his language. How do children pick up the language of, the, of their parents? They hear their mothers speak and they try to mimic whatever they are saying. Learn to stay in the presence of God. Learn to be a worshiper. Learn to dance in the presence of God. I'm not talking about church. About what you do in church, I can tell what you do at home. Some of us, if the instrumentalists don't, instrumentalists don't play, we can't dance. We, we don't even feel like singing. Am I not speaking the truth? So what you are doing is that you are not dancing, praising God. You are dancing to the beat of the instruments. That is not praise. We don't praise and worship God with the tunes. We praise and worship God from our hearts in spirit and in truth. But skillful use of instruments enhances praise and it enhances worship. But it is not skillful instruments that brings worship. Worship starts from the heart. Jesus says those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Have you noticed why when you sometimes when you come to church, even the choruses when they are singing, they can't lift up their voice. Because the voice is not lifted in the heart. You are singing and you are just, you are just moving your lips up and down. You are not moving your body. Nothing is moving. You are, you are singing or you are moving your lips because someone is leading us and they say we should do it. So you are also doing it because you are in church. But let there be intako or let there be jama in school. And then you come out alive. Why? Because your heart is in the jama. But your heart is not in God. Your heart is not in God because you haven't spent time with him. Some of us, when we are in a group like this, because of somebody's anointing, that anointing wraps up you and you're able to dance and sing. But you alone, there's no anointing. There's no understanding. There's no revelation. So when you're on your own, you cannot do it. Is somebody following me? We are talking about engaging the glory of God. You have to stay in his presence for his glory to wrap off you. That's why we encourage you to pray in tongues a lot. If at this 10 minutes we are talking about it's the day next to you, 
You must develop to the point where every time that your mind is idle, you are praying in tongues. You use every time profitably. And then you will want to read the Bible. The desire will just come. Whether you understand or not, you just want to read. And the more you read, the slowly the understanding begins to come because the Spirit of God who reveals his glory begins to show you from the scriptures about his glory. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 2. Above his two seraphim, each one has six wings, and with two he covered, they covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew, and one cried to the other and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with your glory. The angels perceive the glory of God when they see it. Because they stay in his presence and they declare the glory. The funny thing about we earth people is that we can be here, the glory of God will be here, but we will not see. We will not experience it. Because we are not in touch. Our heart is not in touch with the spirit of God. That's why we encourage you to read the word for yourself. Know what the scripture is. I gave us three memory verses last week. How many of us learnt all of them? Lift your hands, let me see. Lift your hand high. Some of you have even, thank you. Some of you have even forgotten that I gave you memory verses. I'll remind you again. If you're going to ask your friends and get it, if you like to, just stay there. And you will not encounter the glory of God. You don't understand. The angels stand in his presence. And they are always radiating the glory because the glory of God is rubbing off them all the time. The second group of angels are called the cherubims. These protect the glory of God. They cover the glory of God. Ezekiel chapter 10 verse 1. Then I looked and behold, in the firmament there was the head of the cherubims there covered over them as it were a sapphire stone as the appearance of the likeness of a throne. There are so many deep things there. I will not um, bother to try to expound it. Whatever you understand, just understand. I'm just letting you know that they are, they are what you call cherubims. Okay? And they protect the glory of God. When Adam and Eve were cast out of uh, the Garden of Eden, God sent cherubims to go and protect the glory of the Garden. Cherubims protect the glory of God and they cover his glory. So he drove the man out and placed him at the east of the Garden, and placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a, and a flaming sword pretend every way to keep the way of the tree of life. That is the job of cherubims. They protect God's glory. They guard God's glory. They are bodyguards for the glory of God. If you want to experience cherubims in your life, seek the glory of God and I guarantee you, cherubims will follow you protecting that glory and by inference protecting you don't ask me how 
I speak by revelation. This was not part of my notes. The third category of angels are what we call the Zoa, the living creatures. They are similar to the cherubims and the seraphims, but they are covered with eyes and they declare as well as protect the glory of God. Revelation 4 verse 6. Before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in the front and in the back. The first living creature was like an, a lion. The second was like a calf. The third was a living creature, had a face like a man. And the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. I'll encourage us, everybody, before even John Graham, we are not reading. I'll encourage us before the end of this week, try and read the book of Revelation. It's only 22 chapters. If you are serious, you can even read it this afternoon, the whole of the book of Revelation. Just, just race through. In the light of what we are studying, God will give you understanding of certain things. Don't be scared by the vows and the pourings and all those things that are scary. In fact, when you begin to understand the new Jerusalem, you begin to understand salvation. You read Revelation now and you read it with joy. You don't know how and where the fear goes. I know there are some of us who are afraid of the book of Revelation. Some of us have never read that book before. But we have heard all kinds of stories and our beliefs are based on what you have heard from others. Go and read it yourself. There's some wonderful things in the book of Revelation. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. And they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne who lives forever and ever, and, and the what am I saying? Okay, they give, they, they sing holy, holy, holy anytime that they give him um, glory and thanks and honor. No, I was going to digress, but no, let's come back because I want us to do some things before the service ends. And then we have the archangels. The archangels are the chief angels or the lead angels. And this was the category in which Lucifer was. Possibly, scripture doesn't say, but possibly he might have been the head of the archangels. Archangels are special angels. And there are different categories of archangels. There are some of them that bring special messages from God. Like Gabriel. Everybody knows about Gabriel. He came announcing the coming of Jesus Christ. 
First Thessalonians 4, verse 16, Luke 1, verse 19. And the angel answered and said unto him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. They stand in the presence of God. They are at the command of God. They experience his glory and when God wants to send them with a special message, God sends them and they go to deliver that special message. I pray that an archangel will visit me one day. And I pray that one will visit you too. But before you can get to those levels, Charlie, you must read the word. You must know the word. You must spend time praying. You must desire God. You must desire his glory. You must desire his presence continually. Okay. And then we have the warring angels. Uh, we all know about uh, Michael in Daniel 10 verse 12. Then he said to me, do not fear Daniel for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard and I have come because of your words. These warrior angels, they, they, they fight. They are special commando angels that fight and wage war. Listen, when Lucifer was cast out, even though the Bible says that God cast him out, it was, Lucifer is not God's class. It was the warrior angels that cleared Lucifer from heaven when God gave the command. When you stay in his presence and you are wrapped up in his word, when the need be, God will instruct an angel to speak and act on your behalf. But the prince of Persia, in Michael's case, in the book of Daniel, we stood with me 21 days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the king of Persia. We know the story, so I'll not talk too much about it. And then we have the last category of angels, the ordinary angels. These ordinary angels, they don't have wings. They are wingless. In fact, they often appear as human beings. They appear like young men. Uh, you've never seen them appear as young women. Why? I don't know. <laughs> but they often appear as young men. And when they appear, you may not recognize them. You know, Paul says that you must be careful about the way that we entertain strangers because sometimes you may entertain angels unawares. An angel may be sitting by you right now. You don't even know that it's an angel. Okay. So treat your brother and your sister very well. Acts 1 verse 10. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. The Bible describes it as men, but they were angels. And they were white apparel. Hebrews 1 verse 14. Are there not ministering angel spirits sent forth to minister to those of us who will inherit salvation? God sends some of these ordinary angels to minister unto us, those of us who will inherit salvation. Those of us who are washed with the blood of Jesus Christ. Those of us who are looking forward to the new Jerusalem. And who are looking to get into the new Jerusalem. 
there are several references about angels in the Bible. I'll give some of these to you if you're interested in studying further. But they have certain characteristics, the ordinary angels. They are wise and know all things going on on earth about human beings. They are very powerful, extremely powerful. They are obedient. So if you can't learn to be obedient, if you can't learn to take simple instructions, read your Bible, you are not ready for the new Jerusalem. You are not ready to dwell with angels. This is a gospel according to Bijou. So read your Bible. They have a will of their own and they can make decisions. They don't need to rest. When we were reading about the, uh, the cherubims, they said they don't rest day or night. They don't get tired. We human beings, we get tired. Demons get tired and they seek rest. And it's one of the reasons that we say that demons are not, they are not fallen angels. You read in some books where they describe demons as fallen angels. Fallen angels are different from demons. Maybe next week we would uh, look at some of these, some scriptures to show that. But demons are not angels. They are not fallen angels. They can eat. They can eat human food. You don't believe me. When the three angels appeared to uh, Abraham, Abraham went and caught a calf and they prepared food for them and they ate. And just eat. They can appear and disappear. An angel can suddenly come and stand beside me, do what he wants to do. You will see him and within the next minute he's gone. You'll see him again. They have that ability. They can speak. There's a language of angels. And they can strengthen us in our times of weakness. In our trials. They protect the saints. They give us protection. They impact or clarify the will of God. It doesn't happen always. And mind you, they don't necessarily come to tell you what the will of God is. But they often come to clarify. So you must know what that will is from the Bible yourself by reading it and discovering it, getting revelation for yourself. And then in the state of your confusion, God may send angels to clarify certain things to you. My sister, are you with us? They often also bring answers to our prayers. As chapter 10, what happened to Cornelius. Angels are not God and they must not be worshipped. We don't worship angels. If you find yourself in a church that they say that the angel is coming and they worship the angel, please run out of that church immediately. 
It is not right. It's not scriptural. They are thousands and thousands, possibly millions and millions of these angels. The Bible says that they are innumerable. They are innumerable company of angels. They, they cannot be numbered. There are so many things that we could say about angels, but we want to pause here for today. And um, I want us to, to think. Angels stand in the presence of God. They experience the glory of God. And like I said at the beginning, I pray that God will open our eyes, that we we'll understand what an awesome God that we serve. If you didn't get all the notes, don't worry. I'll send it to the facilitators and uh, they'll, they'll send them to you. So if you want to do some further studies, I hope you don't just go and put these notes at home and then forget about them. But I pray that God will open our eyes to see the kind of awesome God that we serve. Shall we close our eyes and pray? Onyami ben nauti sell ye. Abofo pem pem kotono soro nyasase sorry no. Onyami ben nauti sell ye. Abofo pem pem. Cotono soro da sase sorry no. Onyami benati selli. Onyami benati selli. What an awesome God that we serve. Onyami benati selli. Abafu pepe. Otodo soro da sase sorry. Onyami ben oti sorry. Abofu pepem kotodo soro da sase sorry. Onyami ben oti What a mighty God. We say, Lord, what a mighty God we say. Angels, they bow before him, heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we say. Shall we rise up on our feet? What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. The angels they bow before Him, the heaven and earth adore What a mighty God 
mighty God, what a mighty God, we say, what a mighty God, we say, the angels above before him, Listen to me, there is so much we can learn about worship from angels. That's why I'm encouraging you to read the book of Revelation. I'm not asking you to read the book of Revelation so you know that the things that will happen in the end times. You will know when you read, but that's not the important thing. I want you to see from God's perspective, I want you to see some things that happen in the heavenly realms with the angels. Moses, please give me Revelation chapter 4 again. Revelation chapter 4. I'll take you from verse 8. Or maybe let's take you from verse 2. Revelation chapter 4, verse 2. At once I came under the Holy Spirit's power, and behold, a throne stood in heaven with one seated on the throne. And he who sat there appeared like the crystalline brightness of jasper and fiery sardis. And encircling the throne, there was a halo that looked like a rainbow of emerald. Twenty-four other thrones surrounded the throne. You saw I was telling you earlier about different thrones. There's a throne of God and the other thrones. Twenty-four other thrones surrounded the throne and seated on these thrones were twenty-four elders, the members of the heavenly surrendering, arrayed in white clothing with crowns of gold upon their heads. Out from the throne came flashes of lightnings and rumblings and pearls of thunder. In front of the throne, seven blazing torches burned, which are the seven spirits of God. And in front of the throne, there was what looked like a transparent glassy sea, as if of crystal. And around the throne, in the center at the side of each throne, were four living creatures, who were full of eyes in front and behind, with intelligence as to what is before and at the rear of them. The first living creature was like a lion, the second like an ox, the third was like, had the face of a man, and the fourth was like a flying eagle. And the four, the four living creatures, individually having six wings, were full of eyes all over them, beneath their wings. And day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. There's no pause for worship for angels. And there should be no pause for we, the redeemed, to worship our God. And whenever the living creatures offer glory and honor and thanksgiving to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever through the eternities of eternities, 
the 24 elders and the members of the heavenly Sanhedrin, they fall prostrate before him who is sitting on the throne and they worship him who lives forever and ever. And they throw down their crowns before the throne crying out, Worthy are you, our Lord God, to receive glory and honor and dominion. For you created all things and by your will they were created. And like the King James, the Bible says that you created all things and for your pleasure they were created. Glory and honor and power and dominion belongs to you. For you created all things for your pleasure. We have created to give God pleasure. There's some type of worship songs that we need to stop singing. Those songs are for entertainment. They're not worship songs. This morning we want to begin to learn to sing worship songs that are based on scripture. You may not know this song, but as the choir leads us to sing this song, I want you to learn it or just follow the lyrics. This song is simply scripture. We were created for God's pleasure. That is why God created us. We were created to give him honor. Created to give him worship. I'm giving you a cue. Please don't wait for me. We're created to give him honor and worship. He's worthy of our worship. Forget about your dress and forget about how you look. God is worthy. He's worthy. He alone is worthy. I want you to close your eyes and focus on God. And I pray that this morning you will catch the glory of God. This is what the angels said unto the Lord. The Lord, you are worthy. You are worthy to receive honor. You are worthy to receive the glory. You are worthy to receive the power. Because you alone deserve it.
Lift up your voice and give God praise. Give him a worthy worship. He deserves the honor. He deserves the power. He deserves the glory. He deserves the honor. Don't just stand there and look on. Catch the glory of God. Lift up your voice. Lift up your heart. Lift up your spirit. He is worthy. Give him the worship that is due him this morning. Give him worship. Give him worship. He deserves the glory. This is the power. This is the glory. This is the honor forevermore. Holy, 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 holy is the Lord. Oh! 
to understand his glory. You want to know that we serve an awesome God who deserves the glory, the power, and the honor. Father, we bless you for this time. Thank you for what your angels do in heaven. May we do likewise on earth. May we serve you with all our hearts as we get to understand you. May we learn of you in your word as we take time to read. Give us understanding and revelation. Help us to see you on your throne like the angels do. And may we live a life of worship. 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 Giving you all the glory that is due. Giving you the honor for all thanksgiving, all the power, and all the glory belongs to you and you alone. We will honor you with our lives. And your word says those who honor you, you will honor them. As we honor you, may you fulfill your word in our lives. I pray for everyone in this auditorium this morning, whatever we are going through, may we see you and know that we serve an awesome God. God is able to bring deliverance. God is able to bring solutions. God brings breakthroughs. God brings understanding. God works miracles. God brings healing. I pray, oh God, that you work all these things in our midst this morning. Anybody that is under the influence of any demonic activity, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ by the blood, we arrest every such work and we keep them silent. In the name of Jesus. May you alone reign in our lives, even now and forevermore. Jesus' name and all the saints will say, Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.